Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener, the podcast about all things planty. From flowers and fruits to succulents and sowing microgreens, we cover a whole host of topics with some of your favourite people across the gardening world. This one's for those who prefer plants to people and think of their seedlings as their children. And this week's guest is Katie from the Petal Passion Flower Farm, talking all about the preparation for her first year as a flower farmer after a big lifestyle change. We talked about what it's like to work with flowers when you suffer from terrible hay fever, how sustainable British blooms and DIY buckets are going to be the must-have for this year's weddings, and so much more. Aspiring flower farmers, this one's for you. Hi Katie, welcome to the podcast. Oh hi, thank you so much for having me. No worries, it's a pleasure to have you here and your project is so exciting and I cannot wait to get all the details on what is coming up in spring 2022. Yeah, it's been um, a complete whirlwind and yeah, I'm really excited, anxious, nervous, the whole ray Mm -hmm. of emotions going on. I can imagine. Um, So can we start off with where did your passion for flowers begin? Take us right back to when you first discovered you loved growing things. Um, So from the very beginning, I would say, as the same with most people, it started with my grandparents. So they Mm -hmm. lived in the country side whereas I grew up in the city of Lincoln and it felt like they lived miles away and it's only when you get older that you realize it was only 25 minutes down the road as a young (laughs) child when I would go off in the summer holidays and half terms to stay with them for a week or a couple of weeks it felt like I'd gone to the end of the earth and even though Lincoln's a very small city the um it felt very different going to the countryside and like I was in a completely different space and my granddad was an avid gardener and it was all manicured lawns and um, lots of bedding plants and it was all very pristine with a little pond in the middle of the lawn and then most of the back garden was full of um, a vegetable patch Mm -hmm. and he I used to love doing the sweet peas with him and the runner beans and I remember sitting with my grandma and she would be doing the rhubarb and she would have a bowl of sugar next to her and then I would um, be slicing the rhubarb to go in the freezer and she'd be dipping a bit in sugar and taking a bite every so often. Oh really? (laughs) Honestly it was so funny and those are just such happy happy memories but I used to love being in the greenhouse with him and he taught me the art of pricking out and potting on I do worry that perhaps I was a little bit more of a hindrance than a a help (laughs) looking back I probably think I might have dropped a few on the floor actually broken a few stems but he was always so patient with me um And then my grandma used to let me cut a few flowers. And I think that's where arranging them into a bunches started. So then when I went home, um, back then we were allowed to walk the streets at much younger ages. But I used to take myself off at about nine and walk to the local florist. And I would buy um, dried, 
I think it was wheat or, or barley that was sprayed and other like bright, ob- obnoxious colours that probably looked <laughs> awful. But to a, to a nine-year-old, I was like, this is amazing. And it was so cheap and I could get all these dried bunches and she would often be really kind and give me other dried flowers as well because I used to go quite often and she was just so kind and lovely to me and I'd take them home and um all the dried ones I could rearrange and do all the time lots of different things and keep keep redoing them so I think that that ultimately was the beginning for me oh that's such a lovely story and I love it when people have those like memories from really young to kind of look back on and see where it all sparked and so you as this is a new project what did you do between being a child and coming to the conclusion that you wanted to be a flower farmer so yeah at school I think I don't know if lots of people did this but I went through a phase where I wanted to be a journalist I wanted to be a lawyer quite fancied being an au pair wanted (laughs) to be a florist then I decided to be a hairdresser you know there's all these different things that you think oh actually I'd, I'd really love to do all of that and um then I got pregnant and had a baby (laughs) so that kind of that kind of put a pan in the work through a spanner in the works and I am you have different priorities when when you have children so I'd been working as a Saturday girl in a hairdressing salon and then I got pregnant with my daughter and yeah my pregnancy just became my main my main focus and I had her aged 17 and I went to college and did several courses because I didn't qualify in some of my GCSEs so to just try and get up to scratch and then I kind of just did a job that would fit in with life and also at that stage my hay fever got really bad so although I loved flowers still um I couldn't have them in the house because my hay, it just set my hay fever off really bad. And also, which, which is something that um, I'll go into later, I couldn't afford to have flowers in the house. It wasn't a priority, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And when you have children and you're a single parent, you have to prioritise different things. And I felt that flowers were out of my reach if that makes sense they were beyond my means so so yeah so then I so I worked in um, retail for a little while and then I moved from Lincoln to Wales which is where I met my husband and was looking after holiday lets because I just like to have a changed career and then we moved to Shropshire together which is where we are now and my hay fever is much more manageable now thank goodness um I had an injection actually and it was life changing it's only meant to work for the one for the one year but it's actually made a difference and I'm sort of three four years on from it now so I think I'm just managing to manage it better with with the medication because it it is heartbreaking when you love things so much and then you can't step outside and I think people that don't suffer with it 
don't realize how debilitating it can actually be it used to actually send me to bed because I couldn't I couldn't have the windows open my eyes would be so swollen I couldn't see properly I mean I'd literally look like a troll it it would be that bad I mean it shouldn't be funny it's just (laughs) I know but honestly I must look I I think I used to pick up the kids from school sometimes and I think oh please just don't look at me because I'd just be a, a swollen mess but anyway that's all under control now so that is much better and living in Shropshire and now my youngest of the five children uh was four and I started to have a bit more time for me Um, I think I grew up a little bit and started to care a bit more about the home and garden again because I had a bit more time to think about something else and I was able to take more of an interest in the space that we had in the garden because before it was sort of the odd rose bush here, a few tulips there, very low maintenance because I didn't have the time to do it so finding that bit of time and including the children made such a difference and then obviously so it was about two almost two years ago covid hit and then I had a whole bunch of time because I actually now I'm a intimate waxing specialist and I work from home so I had to stop working during the lockdowns and homeschool the kids and that was when we made our first vegetable garden which I just absolutely loved doing and seeing the children's reactions in fact my reaction to everything (laughs) that that was growing was probably a little bit more excitable than the children but it was so lovely to do (laughs) to do all of that with the kids and yeah to have that time and Covid just kind of gave me that time to reevaluate uh, my life and to realize that actually as much as I love all of my clients and most of my clients and customers um, it doesn't make my heart sing um, it doesn't fill me with like not that uh, becoming a flower farmer is life-changing but wasn't evoking those emotions from me and I I wasn't fulfilled if if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so although I haven't stopped that um I'm cutting back to bring the flower farming into full swing (laughs) how exciting yeah so yeah so slowly slowly since covid i was like actually i'm gonna i'm gonna give this a go and i've been growing more um and just just enjoying the process and then thankfully we were really lucky to be able to purchase some land that is right behind our house so we've only got an acre and a half and that was such a long drawn out process waiting for the decision to be made, waiting for the whole lawyer solicitor bit to go go through, and I was just a wreck for the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so finally, just before Christmas, it became officially ours, and yeah, so now I've got this acre and a half to build my new dream on, which is really really exciting. 
And you've done so much in such a short amount of time. I didn't realise that you only got it just before Christmas. Like it already so, looks well underway. Yeah, so we were we were incredibly lucky. Um, so part of my stress was that the farmer, we'd agreed that I could buy it, um, well, me and my husband. And my husband said, yeah, buy the roses while they're on offer from David Austin. Yeah, you've got the discount code. Go on, just buy them. The land will be ours by, I think it said they were coming November, October, November, because they were the bare root ones. He was like, mm-hmm. it'll be fine. Don't worry. My husband's really laid back and chilled with stuff like that, whereas I'm a bit more uptight and stressed about everything. So he was like, yeah, just get them, order them. Everything will be done by then. And it's sort of got to end of September and I'm like oh dear the roses they're gonna be here soon and it's not gone through the land isn't ours we got to the end of October and I was like oh my goodness the roses are here they're here and we spent a lot of money and it's just one box and one bag but when you see them all laid out you realize there is your money there but it didn't look very much and I'm going oh and I need to get them in the ground what am I going to do and thankfully the farmer said that we could start Um, amazing so so he put his trust in us and I would say my husband put my his trust in him because the whole time I was going what if it falls through and I've put all my David Austin roses in so we very quickly thankfully my husband's brother um is a contractor and he managed to get some people in to do the fence so the fence went up very quickly and the first two beds we dug out um were for the roses yeah and then it sort of went went on from there so thankfully that gave us just enough time to we'd managed to do 15 beds and uh, that are vary between 21 meters long to 18 meters long by 1.2 meters wide Um, and then I've got five that are laid out with weed suppressant so yeah it, it was getting all of that done before that heavy rain came sort of beginning of December when it just didn't seemed to stop (laughs) raining and the tractor um started turning everything to mud so yeah so I mean I'm incredibly thankful that the farmer let us start early otherwise I'd have lost putting all of those bare roots in all of my shrubs in and all of my biennials that I managed to get in as well so so yeah somebody although I was a wreck for the for the whole of those two two and a half months it was it felt like forever and I think I must have annoyed my solicitor going any sign any sign of anything happening is it is it oh yeah oh my goodness I can't cope and my husband's just like it'll be fine don't don't worry (laughs) it's not what you want to hear though is it you want someone to kind of like be on your side and be like I could yeah no I'm stressed too like this is this is yeah tough times (laughs) yeah I I think I'm just one of those that I can always imagine the worst I'm just a bit of a a bit of a worrier so I just at the end he was like see I told you it was going to be fine (laughs) (laughs) it always is for those type of people though it annoys me that people don't worry like the same as we do (laughs) He said, um, look, they shook our hands. And when a farmer <laughs> shakes your hand, a farmer means it. 
it's all fine. And I was just like, okay, okay. So I know that for future reference. Yes. So a farmer's handshake means a lot. Now you are a farmer. So your handshake is also exceptionally valuable. (laughs) Yes, definitely. You've got to mean it. And you had a brief mention of your tractor. Is that your tractor Mitzi? Yes, Mitzi. She's very special to me now. But I can tell you, we were not friends for a few days. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm happy to confess that I didn't know the difference between a tractor and a digger until I met my husband. Uh, and even though Lincolnshire is quite a farming area, it it just wasn't something that ever interested me, uh, whether it was the fact that I was a girl, um, so tractors and stuff I wasn't into, but I yeah, didn't have a clue. And even though my husband's a agricultural engineer, so he fixes all kinds of uh, machinery, farming-wise, it just hasn't been my bag. You know, he talks sometimes about it and it goes straight over my head I've because I'm quite a visual person so when somebody's explaining things I, I like try to picture it so when he's talking about a baler I I now know what a baler looks like but I didn't know what a mm-hmm. baler looked like before so yeah it's, it's quite funny so yeah I didn't know what a tra- exactly the difference between a tractor and a digger but so I've got my little Mitzi which is a blue because that's really important uh mitsubishi tractor she's far from new but she does the job she's a little bit temperamental and it did take me a few days to get to grips with her she's got a loader on the front and then um a pto which means i I think that means i'm probably saying this totally wrong i can attach different things at the back Mm -hmm. so at the minute she's got she's got a rotavator on because for the beds that we planted straight away uh, my husband borrowed a turf cutter and cut the turf away and then we rotivated the beds and because i'm on hard clay I've sort of raised the bed slightly. So we've added topsoil and manure and some compost to lift them up so that when the rain comes, it doesn't just sit Mm -hmm. in hard, soggy, soggy clay. And I've been digging some trenches either side so that the water has got somewhere to seep down into. Um, So yes, so Mitzi has been great for the rotivating. It certainly wouldn't want to be something that I was digging with a spade no um, there's a lot of space to be digging with a spade <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm really thankful that my husband bought her for me well actually she's about the fourth tractor he's bought for me but because he deals in tractors because it took so long he would just sell them somebody would come into the yard and be like oh I like the look of this one so he'd say oh this is your tractor babe and I'd be like oh nice and then I go where's my Where's my tractor gone? Oh, yeah, I sold that one. But it's all right because I've seen another one. So, yeah, Mitzi is actually about the fourth one, but I think it's fate. So, but it did take it did take a while to get to learn all the different. It's not like driving a car. Is it not? All the different. No, there's so many different levers and you can be in high and you can be in low. So the first few days I was only in low 
um, gear because I was like, I, I don't go fast. You need to rotivate in low anyway. So that, so that was fine. Um, but yes, and I don't have a cab. I'm open to the elements. So I've been sat on it with my hood up, <laughs> getting absolutely wet through on on some days loading um from my pile of com manure and um topsoil and then moving from one pile to the bed and unloading and i it was quite funny because it was taking me quite a while and then the guy that was doing the fencing he had a massive bucket on his and he just went and loaded he was like I felt so sorry for you it was taking you so long to fill that bed and he just came with his great big bucket and scooped up this <laughs> massive pile and then like in three little swoops unloaded and had practically filled the bed which hey, would have wow. taken me like 20 trips with my little little bucket but you know it's it, it is what it it is what it is you know you don't need a massive fancy tractor and to be fair if I didn't have the tractor I'd have been doing it with a wheelbarrow and a yeah. shovel so you know but it I'm not sure if he was showing off or being kind actually <laughs> he could have actually just been showing off couldn't he but it, I had to laugh anyway because I was like oh I can't believe you've just done that but anything to save time to be fair even it sounds like although mine's just a wheelbarrow my neighbour's wheelbarrow is at least twice the size of mine, if not three times. When I watch her fill up a oh. wheelbarrow and I'm like, one walking trip from the wood chip pile to your allotment is like three of mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and it is stuff like that. But I have also learned when I was digging the trenches, um, it they can be heavy. Mm. And some of the some of the clay was really sodden because it was when we were having all the rain and I was like, I just need to get these trenches done. But it was so heavy from the rain as well. I think if I'd have had a bigger wheelbarrow, um, I wouldn't have been able to lift it and push it. So, yeah, sometimes it's it's not all about the, the bigness of everything. And no. I would much rather drive a little tractor anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, would it fit in your little allotment? I can just mm -hmm. imagine one parked up, actually. I would love one, but the paths are probably a bit too thin. I think I would have to have it, like, craned onto the plot <laughs> and craned back off the plot <laughs> if I ever left. <laughs> I could just imagine that that would make great Insta. Yeah, if, it you, would. Get, if you do that, please film it. If 100%. not, you just have to uh, get the kids one, get the twins one. Yeah, I've actually seen... Um, there is someone else on Instagram. I think it's Wild Well Seeds. Her little kids have got their own little tractor. I think it's like a toy one, but it is amazing. Like the babies might be in luck for this birthday. They might get one for their birthday. But the thing is, it takes up a lot of space on the allotment. And I'm like, oh, they don't come down that often. But I would love it. <laughs> oh, no, that would be super cute. Yeah, I would be very excited by that. So you've had a super busy few months of winter and spring is like just on the horizon. But what have you got still to do before the joy of spring? Um, so the last few weeks, I've just been busy looking after the autumn seedlings, really, and putting everything on ready, which I'm sure anyone that 
autumn started seedlings is doing right now um i still need to do a website so i'm still in the mix of do i pay somebody to do it do i do it myself so yeah business wise at the minute website is in the forefront of my mind that i need to get mm-hmm. that sorted Fe- uh, seedlings wise is just carrying on maintaining and then it'll soon be time to start sowing which i think is always exciting um and field wise is i just keep having a peek under my weed suppressant to see how dead the grass looks under those last five beds that we didn't quite have time to do it's also been a really good chance to see what works best so i don't don't know if you've seen some of my beds are no dig beds Mm -hmm. some of my beds are we needed to get stuff straight in so as i said before we lifted the turf off and built the beds Um, and then obviously i've got the five beds that are have got weed suppressant down so as soon as i feel that the grass is dead enough i'll be in there with mitzi rotivating and building up as we did with the turf that we lifted but it i really feel it it will be a great experiment and i've labeled on my plan um, my farm plan which beds are which so that i can see what the weeds are like Mm -hmm. so is the no dig method going to be the best one is it going to be where the turf was lifted or is it going to be where we killed the bed uh, the grass off just because we've got so much extra space to still yet use but i didn't want to go in and make 100 beds all over the whole farm and then be overwhelmed so mm-hmm. i wanted to start with a, a man a manageable amount of space especially because you know i'm a mum and i've got my other job as as well so i didn't want to overwhelm myself so and then whatever i feel worked the best is what we're gonna go with for the rest of the beds over the next couple of years mm-hmm. and did i see you've also planted so you've planted roses do you have you planted peonies yeah. as well yes so i've got a whole bed of peonies i'd like to have more beds full of peonies eventually but they are a bit of an investment and Mm -hmm. you know we we've stretched ourselves to you know buy the land put the fencing up and to make sure you've got proper fencing it's it's not cheap but I wanted to do it right and I wanted to do it once Mm -hmm. you know so um I didn't want to make the mistake of trying to do it myself and then it me not doing a good job um so yes we've we've invested a lot so I had to sort of hold myself back a little bit and not be like yes I want every single type of peony in the in the world so um one bed and yeah I'm really excited because I've got a few clumps that are quite big bare root clumps that I should be able to pick from this year and then I've got some teeny tiny ones that have just got you know three to five eyes that will probably not be able to be cut for a couple of years Mm -hmm. but it's it's going to be it's going to be really exciting to watch them bloom and you know I've got red to coral to cream to white and obviously pink so and peonies are my absolute favorite hence why 
my youngest daughter is called Peony. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's my little Peony Blue. What a lovely name. Um, and Thank you. So how did you decide what you were going to prioritise? Because it, it must be quite daunting to sort of sit there with, you've got all of these ideas of different things that you could do and different things that you could plant. Uh, the restraint of peonies is something that I struggle with because I want to buy them all and I want to buy them all in the five-year established pots so that they bloom the first year that I've planted them but how did you kind of sit down and work out what was going to be your must-haves for the first year? Yeah I was in touch with uh, Martin who is just peonies on Instagram and he kindly sold me a few of his ones that he didn't need for his plot anymore so I got a bargain price of those you know sometimes it's just who you know and being Mm -hmm. in the right place at the at the right time some of it I've just thrown caution to the wind and just picked my favorites and other things I've researched and gone no this is a good solid cut flower this has got to be in the mix and just being in control of the budget and being and being sensible which doesn't always sound that fun and you know (laughs) not always perfect either it might be darling I just need an extra few pounds just because I really need this last this last one and and it's space as well so I've I filled the one bed that I said I was going to um which is the one side of the roses and then the plan is next year funds allowing is to have the bed the other side of the roses a peony bed as well I've got one in there at the moment um and I shall use the rest for annuals this year Mm -hmm. but hopefully hopefully if I sell some flowers I'll be able to invest more into the farm and and hopefully gets I think with peonies the trick is if it's going to be for cut flowers I think you've just if you've got the money go in and if you can afford the bigger ones get the bigger ones so that you are ready to go if you've got the time and you haven't got the money and you've got the patience you know it's not the end of the world to start small mm-hmm. um but if you can invest with perennials and things like that then I think it makes such a such a difference to give you that go if that makes if that makes sense definitely I've really tried this year to do a balance of because I love the I, I really want to get more perennials into the plot and especially for cut flowers, the perennials are kind of like the bread and butter sometimes of a bouquet because you know that it's just going to come back and you don't have to faff about with it. But it's kind of weighing up like a perennial might be 20, 30 pounds for the for the clump, whereas the annual seeds you can kind of sow in between and they're really cheap to buy. They're quite quick, quick growing and you know that you'll get a crop that year. So it's kind of just weighing up how much of the kind of like lifelong investments can you make and how can you fill the space on kind of like a cheaper budget um, with those annuals and like there are lots of perennials you can say from seed as well but again it's whether you've got the patience to wait a few years for them to become established enough. Yeah some perennials grow really easily from seed and then there are others that are such a pain yeah in the butt and it's not worth waiting so 
sometimes it's shop, it's about shopping around as well if you can come become friends with a local nursery um you know it's worth its weight in in gold mm-hmm. uh, because they're usually so knowledgeable and sometimes do things at really great prices rather than go into a garden center where everything is quite often hiked mm-hmm. hiked up but that's not to say that um annuals are any less valuable because annuals are fabulous as well but I think everything has its has its place definitely um, and we have to talk about dahlias um because oh, yes. you must be you must be growing dahlias do you have a particular favorite can you pick one or five um, yeah or five um so last year actually was my first year for growing dahlias and I didn't even really I don't know why but dahlias had sort of I'd missed them I, I don't know if I was just snob had that snobbery to them because oh they're so old fashioned and I mm-hmm. was just thinking of the odd ones that you'd get with the garish chrysanthemums <laughs> in the garage that I'd just be like Ugh, you know this is ghastly no thank you um so I just completely missed them and then the year before last I came onto Instagram and I started my account and so it wasn't it was a different account to my sort of personal family account and I it was at lockdown and I I guess I felt a bit lonely and I wanted to share what was happening with the kids and it was a way of reaching people who have similar interests and I stumbled across a few accounts that were doing dahlias and I was like wow oh my goodness what have I been missing so I was like I need in on this action so last year I was like I'm in, I'm in this daily game. I need to get as many as I can fit. So this was before we had the farm uh, behind the house. Um, So my husband made me a cut flower patch and from sleepers so that it was protected from the football. (laughs) Tends tends to swipe a few heads off here and then from my teenage son, or if they're playing cricket as well, that, that can be deadly for my flowers on occasions um I swear sometimes they aim for them on purpose no I'm sure they <laughs> sure they wouldn't do that you wouldn't be that rude it feels that way <laughs> I feels that way sometimes so um so yes yeah, so I bought a load of tubers and the whole process was just amazing and they're taking cuttings and even some of the ones that I pinched out took as well and became a whole new dahlia so it was just amazing and then at the end of the season when you dig them up and that one that you pinched out um just the little top bit that you took and I just put a bit of rooting powder on and thought well I'll I'll see um and then that had a tuber at the bottom I just found it amazing so I had quite a few but my favorite definitely was um Penhill watermelon as a dinner plate one, almost joint with Islander. Mm-hmm. Islander was much more pinky, whereas Penhill sort of the peachy pinky, but they're just so 
wow and perfect for in your face as big as your face um flowers and I just couldn't couldn't believe how beautiful and how how big they were and I had some cafe au and they're lovely but they they didn't evoke that <gasps> that oh my goodness this is just so stunning um and then another one that I really loved was fancy pants yes I've so got that one for this year yeah she she is a stunner and the bees absolutely loved her but she was just a little bit delicate so sometimes when I'd go to put her in a bouquet her head might just fling off <laughs> occasionally <laughs> so so I've kept her for this year but I've kept her in the garden yeah um and I've I've tried leaving her in the cutting patch so it will be interesting to see whether she comes whether those I've left five in there um another one of my favorites was oh Lou Farnham I think it was called or Lou Farman um it was a new one from Sarah Raven and that is a beautiful open one and not great for cutting but beautiful in the garden I've left that one in as well so that that one was a real favorite of mine and then I think I've got about 50 varieties going in this year I've I've really invested in my dahlias I think I had 20 something last year for the garden mm-hmm. and then yeah next well this year should I say not next year I keep forgetting we're in the new year um <laughs> this 2022 I'm yeah I'm super excited for the dahlia season I mean you do really get your money's worth of dahlias though because you replant them every year and you can split them like every year every couple of years and like you say if you can get a new plant from a taking cutting or pinching they really do go a long way absolutely and I think they've come a long way mm-hmm. um they aren't they don't need that bad reputation that they've got but then I think things come in and out of fashion don't they but they're just they're just so lovely and I think if you've got a little space in your garden um and you want to have a cutting patch dahlias are one of the perfect plants to do that and don't be afraid to cut them because that is they are cut and come and they will come again and they will keep coming like you said the great value for money so yeah go out there and get snipping and enjoy them bring them into the house um yeah they look great on their own as well sometimes like last year I would just have one massive cafe au lait or I can't even think what the other varieties I had last year. I had a bit of a bad year the last two years with dahlia tubers being the wrong tubers. And I had a very ombre, very specific ombre of peach tones to white tones. And the last two years I've planted them out in the exact order. And then one's turned up and it's been like in your face purple or like a red and white stripy one that's in the middle of the patch and just ruins the aesthetic. (laughs) Um, but this year I've, I've gone not quite as all out as you, (laughs) but I think I've got 27 dahlias on order at the moment, plus the ones I had last year. Um, 
And I'm hoping that they all turn out in the right colour because they're all for my sister's wedding. So there's a lot, quite a lot riding on them being in the right palette. <laughs> yes, de definitely. I think last year I only had one that wasn't true and it was meant to be totally tangerine, which is Oh, I love beautiful. totally tangerine. Um, so I've ordered several this year. So I'm hoping at least one will mm. be right out of the several that I've got. And I ended up with, what was it? I think it was like a Clandaff Bishop, but it wasn't, definitely wasn't my cup of tea. Mm. It wasn't one, because it was a single and singles are great for bouquets. And it was, it was sort of start off bright red and then sort of tinged down to a orange. I mean, it was okay. I, I didn't chop it off because it was, not my bag and looked totally wrong where it was because it ruined <laughs> the colour scheme but um yeah let's just say it it wasn't saved for this year I um I labelled my dahlias and in the, in the bag that they're all in there's like ones that say ugly purple one that horrible red one because I have no idea what they were I just I needed to dig them up but I can't bear to get rid of them and just chuck them away so I'm going to give them to someone else who wants Someone who likes those kind of colours. I just, I'm not big into bright reds, yellows and oranges. I think that some people do it really well in their spaces and I'm really happy for them, but it just isn't for me. I'm all about like the pastels, peachy tones, pinks. Yeah. Pale purples. I like <laughs> yeah, I like some of the oranges, but some of them are just, no, they mm. are too much. Um, I tried when I was buying for the farm, tried not to just go with the things that I really loved. Mm -hmm. And I had to sort of widen my palette because I had to remember that other people like different things. So there are a few, I don't think there's any really bright yellows, but there are a few orangey tones. So we'll see. Um, Sylvia was, oh, she was just such a hard worker for me last last year and she's an orange pom-pom oh, okay. she was just fantastic and she just kept going and giving and giving and giving and the pom-poms they just have such perfect petal formation don't they um and I wouldn't have necessarily chosen her but she came in a set mm -hmm. and I've bought more of her because she was just such a hard worker um, that I was like, no, and she actually, because she wasn't too bright, she worked well in, in lots of bouquets as well. So. Mm -hmm. And those pom-pom ones are so sturdy as well. Like of all the dahlias, they're the ones that really last the longest and you just don't really see them degrade. Absolutely. Um, so... Once your flowers are in bloom, how, what's your sort of plan? Are you, are you going to do like postal bouquets? Are you going to do like a flower stand? Are you going to go to markets? What's your kind of plan for getting your beautiful blooms out there? So whilst I love putting together a bunch, I, because I'm a bit of a worrier and a stressor, the thought of being a floral designer mm -hmm. makes me feel sick the pressure of doing somebody's wedding or or special event is definitely 
not for me. Mm-hmm. So whilst I'm happy to put a bouquet of flowers together, I could not make a wedding bouquet. It, it's just not not my bag. And I take my hat off to all the fabulous florists that want to and can do that. But the stress, I think, would kill me. <laughs> um <laughs> quite literally so yeah the aim is to do bunches click and collect um it would be lovely to do a subscription but I'm not sure I'll be ready for that Mm -hmm. this year um so further down the line to do a seasonal subscription um but ultimately my main aim is to sell to floral designers local florists who can do wonderful things with with my flowers and then just have a few local people that live near me pick up um I I hate the thought of selling lots of the flowers and then there being a few left in the field that are ready to go um saving some for the bees obviously but a few that could be turned into bunches that somebody can appreciate. So I think it's finding that balance between selling an amount to the florist, mm-hmm. selling some to my immediate local people to cheer up their houses and then saving some for the wildlife mm-hmm. just to enjoy. Well, it'll be such an exciting year as well because it's your first year. You can just kind of like try different things and see what works the best and what you enjoy doing the most as well. I think the thought of a lot of people don't think about um, the actual selling the flowers part of being a flower farmer. Like, yeah, there's a lot of hard labor that goes into it. And then you've got your amazing dancing around the flower fields when they're all in beautiful bloom that the people take the pictures of. But it's the whole kind of marketing and keeping in touch with your customers whether that's florists or just customers it's quite a lot that goes into the background isn't there yeah I mean social media has been revolutionary for business for for small businesses and being able to reach your target audience so um I was straight on there with my Instagram and my Facebook which is slowly gaining um a little bit of momentum but obviously I'm just sharing pictures of flowers and um mainly on Instagram sharing the story of the process mm-hmm. of the of the field and how the farm is progressing and obviously then like I said earlier the next big step is the website but yeah I think we're extremely lucky now that we can reach out with social media to to reach the people that are interested um but yeah keeping those connections with with the the florists yeah it's it's not just i'm going to grow flowers and everyone will just flock to me because yes growing growing the flat growing the flowers yeah it doesn't it doesn't work doesn't work like that yeah it's making those connections it's a shame that people don't just block block uh, flock to the beautiful flowers if in my head I'm like <laughs> yes. people people would just naturally come because they're great <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's 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 amazing yeah you could I could just could you imagine though no I don't want people to just flock to the flowers <laughs> my neighbors my neighbors are stressed enough as it is and a few of them are not very happy about the flower farm so yeah oh, we definitely no. don't want people flocking, <laughs> flocking to the, to by appointment only <laughs> you're not going to do pick your own flower farm then 
No. Um, my One of my dreams is to hopefully sell to brides who might go and get their bouquet made by a florist, but actually would like their venue to have lots of flowers, but they can't afford to buy the flowers from the florist because it it costs a lot because it's gone through several mm-hmm. people by the time it, it gets to them which means which means the price goes up and obviously when you're playing for a florist or a floral designer you're paying for their time and quite mm-hmm. rightly their expertise so they deserve what they're being paid but quite often wedding makes everything go up tenfold as well as paying for their time and expertise so I'd really like to reach people who don't have that budget that can come to the farm show me what they would like you know have that consultation of and I can say what will be growing at at that time of year and they can leave with buckets of flowers that they've paid for obviously (laughs) Um, and 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 be creative because there are so many people that can make um, little jars posies look absolutely amazing and people just sometimes don't realize that they can do something simple like that and it look really effective and makes such a difference because I think flowers are just so special they evoke such emotions um and British ones especially the scent that comes off some of them to not be able to have that at your special occasion whether you know whether it be a wedding or you know a special birthday or 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 a funeral because you can't afford it I just think it's really sad I would have loved to have had more flowers at my wedding but it was you have priorities don't you and Mm -hmm. sometimes something's got to give so yeah I would I would really like to reach those people that have that bit of creativity or um just don't have quite as big of a budget but would still really like a lot of flowers to be a part of their special day and I don't think anybody should be denied flowers on momentous moments I mean with the scent and they they just it you can see something years later can't you and then it can just take you right back to that moment um and I think that's a really wonderful special thing to be able to have and yeah I'd, I'd really like to be able to help people with that that that's something that I feel quite quite passionate mm-hmm. well you can definitely yeah. tell DIY buckets oh. <laughs> yeah DIY buckets here we go that's 100% what my plan is for my sister's wedding um I'm not a florist but luckily one of the other bridesmaids is a florist so I was like that's great I can grow the flowers you can help me arrange them but a lot of the the whole decoration of the venue is just going to be little posies of flowers and kind of different table decorations I've started collecting vases for it and I think that there's something quite nice about the kind of less perfectly created perfectly round bridal bouquets that's quite traditional and something a little bit more wild and whimsical and the other thing is is that because we've picked things like dahlias and roses my sister can have those for years to come and like I'll always grow those dahlias on the allotment or wherever I'm growing in the future and she could have a rose on her balcony that she can keep forever and we can dry some of the flowers and 
we're going to do um, like dried confetti from the sweet pea um, petals. And so it will be amazing to have seen it kind of from the beginning to the end and really get to enjoy it in the future as well. So it's kind of, it's extra special because you're doing it yourself. I think the love and care that goes into even just arranging a little posy, that was what brought me the most joy last year was like cutting a few flowers here and there and putting them into a tiny little vase and then being like, oh, it's a tiny little bouquet. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. I think it will be fabulous. And I really, I, I really can't wait to see it all come together on your stories and pictures on your Instagram. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's a really special thing that you're able to to do that for her. And like you say, the fact that you'll be able to keep those mementos by drying them out or growing the same plant again and again. It, it's just so lovely to be taken back to those special, special moments. Yeah. And with British Grown, you can grow so much, so many more different, exciting varieties that you just don't, you don't see in traditional I, I guess that they're probably moving towards it more now, but with the florist kind of having all those wild, whimsical British grown bouquets, but it's been such a long time where everything's, it's like the um, the feelings that people had towards dahlias for such a long time and chrysanthemums that they were so outdated and they're kind of like garage flowers. Whereas actually when you find the right varieties, they are amazing and actually miles above the other beautiful supermarket flowers you can buy it's just that they're a little bit more of a hidden gem of the flower world <laughs> yeah and I think that's what's so important about being able to um speak to those brides or people that are having their special events and bringing them to the farm and being able yeah. to know uh, I know you like this but that's actually out of season but this will be here and that's quite similar and they'll probably be just as happy with that it's just that they didn't know that that existed yeah I think that they'll be more excited because they'll be like not every wedding is going to have had these these kind of flowers and it's going to be more special to them and kind of a bit more like hand created rather than a run-of-the-mill traditional bouquet yeah yeah definitely definitely Oh, it's so exciting. I cannot wait to see your farm in full bloom later this year. You must be absolutely over the moon, but I know that there's probably still an awful lot of work <laughs> that's going to have to go in yes. before everything blooms. Yeah, it's definitely a lifestyle change, not a multi-million pound um, company that I'm, I'm trying to start. And yeah, as much as I loved putting on my little white dress and dancing around um and taking lots of pretty photos uh, more often than not I'm in my wellies and my dungarees and I can be wet through and it is yeah. it is really hard work um so people who want to come along and follow along with your journey where can they find you on Instagram and Facebook and anywhere else you might be yeah um so yeah Instagram and Facebook I am the petal passion flower farm and for my garden and home journey it is me underscore my passions underscore plus five 
Perfect. Well, I'm sure that you'll have lots of people that are very excited to come along on your journey. And I think what you're doing is amazing, not just because you're giving lots of brides and local people the most amazing opportunity, but also every flower farmer that started something over the last few years has just provided so much inspiration to those people who are looking to do something similar themselves or even just starting to kind of grow in their own garden, like you said about how your experience started from lockdown. So many people have had that kind of, oh, do you know what? I can actually do this. And I think that when people are doing amazing things like you are, it just pushes people a little bit closer in the right direction of like, oh, I could do that too. Like I can grow plants and it's not, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to be able to create something magical. No, I think, yeah, it's it's really important that although, yes, I'm starting a flower farm and I want to grow flowers and I really want people to buy them. If you've got space, you can absolutely do a little cutting patch. Um, go for it. You know, anything that's cut and come again from zinnias to cosmos. Cosmos is such a great starter. A couple of dahlias. Go for it. And don't be afraid to cut them. Cut them and mm-hmm. bring them inside and enjoy them because they come back. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah definitely if, if you've got space in in your garden it's not you but you know the people <laughs> listening um give it i highly recommend bring that ha- you know that happiness and that joy give it a snip take it inside fill a vase especially if it's going to rain don't let the rain ruin them blooms go go save them bring bring them inside i actually had a um wi party in in the garden and I was they were like oh wow aren't these wonderful Katie these are lovely and and I'd cut lots of flowers for them to arrange into jam jars and take home and I was like if you want it you can have it oh no they'd say we can't we can't (laughs) cut that and I was like no that is what it's there for you must if, if you if you want it so yeah absolutely it give it just give it a go it's what's the worst can that can happen the seed doesn't bloom absolutely and (laughs) rule of quantities just so more than you think you need and then if you end up with too many because they're all successful because they will be if you sow too many they will all be successful and then you can just give them away and spread the flower joy (laughs) absolutely and it's okay to compost your spare runner beans and courgettes if you're a vegetable person don't let the guilt take over you don't need to eat them all and once the freezer's full they're okay <laughs> on the compost you know gardening be kind to yourself absolutely thank you so much for chatting with me this evening it's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to see what happens over the next few months it's going to be the most exciting oh. time thank you so much for having me it's been it's been really lovely to chat to you It was really great to chat to Katie all about her plans and the prep for the year ahead, especially as I'm growing my own wedding flowers for my sister. I just love hearing people's stories about how they discovered the joy of growing and the paths it's taken their lives down. Be sure to follow along at the Petal Passion Flower Farm and see how the first year goes. Wishing you all the best of luck, Katie. That's all from me this week. Thank you so much to everyone who's returned for another episode and hello to any new listeners. It's really great to have you. If you've loved listening, please do leave a review on whatever app you listen on and let me know on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener. 
I really love to hear from you all with any questions, suggestions and your own gardening stories. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Happy growing!